Shumrabyog. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sherlock. Should listen for the hundredth time the podcast that takes a pop at culture. Sherlock, sure listen. 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 Oh, very good, Benjamin. You put a little bit of 100th episode extra spice onto that intro, didn't you? He's doing a little spice bay gesture as well. He's done all his mood lighting as well, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but you look, we don't have time to talk about the fact that Ben has a pounding head cold and I've got a dose of the shits. Because it's episode 100 and we've got lots to cover, including... The brave, brave capitalists at Marvel have another blow struck against them by the <laughs> VFX union. And it's spooky season in the world of trailers, including Totally Killer, Dark Harvest, and the one I'm most excited about, The Fall of the House of Usher. Uh, sure, listen, if that wasn't enough, and it really isn't to run a weekly pop culture podcast, we're going to be no. doing a Classic episode format for everything but us, because I don't think we've ever done this before, Michael. But this came into us from a good friend of the podcast, Stephen J. Cadwell. And he said, why don't hey. you do a Desert Island hey. Picks? What? That's Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell to you. You're right, it is. Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell, who has a brand new film out, ladies and gentlemen. And he gave us this great idea for Desert Island Picks. So this week, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be taking a look at your top five that you bring to a deserted island. That's a bloody movie. Apparently no Go feedback on. from my from my partner. No, okay, I cool. Did, I didn't know where you were going. Oh, it's too late now. A hundred episodes and smooth as WD forty on a rainy day, ladies and gentlemen. Just gliding along. Number two is a TV series. Number three is a comic book series or graphic novel. Number four is a novel of any genre you'd like. And number five, of course, is video games. Oh, video games. You can't go to a desert island without video games, Benjamin. Yeah. Speaking, though, of striking a blow against brave, brave capitalists. Go on. The Marvel VFX artists have unanimously, Ben, that means all of them. Every last one of them. They've voted to unionise. They have indeed. They have indeed. Now, I only see this as a bad thing, but why don't you explain to us how that could possibly be a good thing? So, Michael, first of all, Abuse in the animation industry is at an all-time high. And that's pretty bad, considering that abuse in the animation industry has always been pretty high. Pretty bad, Ben. People are people are dying at their desks. Yeah, people are dying at their desks. Pretty much, Michael. If you live in Korea, maybe. I don't know. I haven't yeah. checked the stats on that, but I will. In the olden days. In the olden days. But come here to me. They have voted to form a, a union with the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. That's the IATSE, the IATSE. Yatsi. <laughs> um, the election was held between August 21st and September 11th, so it was a long old election period. All votes were in favour of unionising. Hold, Hold on, Ben. So yes. what you're saying is they had nearly three weeks to get it done. It took them three weeks to do a vote. It's no wonder t- they never get the FX, VFX done on time. So, Michael, much like the Twin Towers received a blow on September 11th, capitalism oh, received a major blow on September 11th as oh, well. <laughs> Oh, we've lost both our single New York listener and our single Al-Qaeda listener. I'm caving it in, Michael, 100 episodes. I'm done with it. I'm pulling it down with me. Very good. Anyway, Ben, what does it mean? Uh, All it means, Michael, is that there'll be a union. And basically, if things don't improve, they will issue strike action. However, this comes uh, along with a broader sweep 
of uh, possible unionization within the animation industry because as a result of this, uh, many of the Disney animators now are also putting in for the option to unionize. Uh, The aim of it is basically to improve the working conditions that animators work under. That is to say uh, that while a lot of people said that they enjoy their work with Marvel and they think that it's very, very good, there's uh, (laughs) really, really bad stuff happening. There's unpaid overtime. Oh yeah, That's a one lack of, of meal You're breaks. Always making me do that. A lack of meal breaks. Yeah, and tremendous pressure to meet deadlines. So the, these are some. Ben, yeah. Why don't they just not work in America anymore? Uh, who do you mean now, Disney or the the animators? The animators just work in a country that has proper laws. Yeah, just work in a country that respects you as a human life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think their lives would be a lot better if they just went to a country where, you know, you're not the chattel of an employer. Yeah, so the other major thing, as in many, many industries that we're seeing around the world, Michael, is that there's a complete lack of understaffing. So a lot of jobs are being, a lot of jobs that require a team are being given to one individual um, for them to complete the entire workload that would take normally two or three people. It's been completed by one person. And that's causing... Like me on this podcast. Like, well, I wouldn't have said you. Um, oh, go but, on. Oh, go on. But, 100 episodes uh, in. Go on. Let's have it. Yeah, let's have it. Um, so it includes pay disparity, grueling work hours, understaffing, frequent uh, changes in requests, and unreasonable turnaround times. And those, funnily enough, are also what the... VFX workers at Marvel are looking for. So they took a note out of my book and the letter that I wrote to you and they said, yeah. um, That that was actually a very good good. joke, Ben. And I nearly missed it. I nearly (laughs) missed that that was your list of complaints. That's fabulous. Um, Ben, isn't the main main problem that they've got executives coming in, they've got a cigar in their mouth, presumably, and they're saying, hey, remember we had you put all those blue lasers in? We want them to be lightning bolts and we want them tomorrow. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, Taika Waititi's come up on another visual joke. Fix it. But the premiere is tomorrow, sir. Fix it. He VFX wants a little monkey. kid's head just floating. Floating. Get that little kid's head floating in front of Thor. <laughs> just use a and he wants it tomorrow. Filter. It'll be fine. <laughs> That's one of the worst characters we've ever done for the podcast. Ben. No, I like Fat Cat. I'm, I'm keeping <laughs> Fat Catcho. He's also made of bread. He's also made of bread. Yeah. He's a... He's a studio executive bread called Fat Caccio. That's one of the best. That went from one of the worst to possibly one of my favourites in a heartbeat. I've pulled it back. Yeah, I've pulled it back, Ben. It's up to you now. I'll tell you what, Ben. Why don't you animate the character Fat Caccio? And you have until tomorrow. I'll, I'll do my best. I want a full 90-minute movie to be released yeah. immediately on streaming. Very good. Benjamin. Yes. Speaking of being released on streaming. Go on. It's a spooky season it, it's just just about it's spooky season ben ben was your favorite horror film kind of genre busting horror films of the last few years was it um happy death day i mean it was fine i don't know if no, it was my that's favorite not what i asked i asked was it your favorite genre busting horror film of the last couple of years no Okay, well, there's a new film coming out called Totally Killer, and it seems kind of like it. It seems to be exactly like it, Michael. Um, Yeah, so we got a trailer for Totally Killer. It is Happy Death Day to a T, Michael. We could play a a classic game of, I'm going to describe a movie to you, Michael. Mm, Go on. And you're going to tell me um, what movie you think it is. So there's a young girl. Oh, yeah, what color hair does she have? She's blonde. 
Blonde, okay, young girl, blonde hair, okay. She's white. Yeah, okay. Right. I assume that, to be honest. Life is a little bit difficult sometimes. Okay, go on. She doesn't have the best relationship with the people around her or her parents. Okay, I don't know if any of that happens in Happy Death Day, but go it on. It absolutely does. We've watched that film. So, <laughs> and then, Michael, unfortunately, there's a killer on the loose. Oh, no, when? Uh, it, during the, during some time, uh, during the past, present, or possibly future. <laughs> ben, is that the film Happy Death Day? It's not, Michael. It's not. It's the film Totally Killer. I'm describing Totally Killer to you. Very good, Ben. Ben, the the real reason that the two of them are so similar, obviously, is, is that they are a combination of a slasher film, as they say in French. Yes. Une, une cinématique de slasher, and um, a classic sci-fi conceit. Yeah, yeah. They're mashing so together. Whereas, Happy Death Day was your Groundhog Day slasher melange. I'm going to be throwing a lot of French in today for some reason. Ben. I don't know cool. why. It's probably because it's our 100th episode. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, throw it in there. Just to, yeah. It's time to elevate the profile of the podcast, Michael. And a bit of French just lashed French. in there. I'll do a bit it. of bread-based characters. So uh, it's a melange of um, Groundhog Day and Slashers. And this is a melange of Back to the Future and Slashers. Yeah, they're just throwing them together, Michael. So this one is set in the 80s. The best time for Slashers. The best time for Slashers. And I think the mask of the killer in this looks a bit vanilla icy. I don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can see that. Yeah, generic, but it's very much. It's very much harking back to the vibe of Michael Myers' very flat and strange Captain Kirk mask. Yeah, it's definitely it's a Michael Myers Jason homage. Yeah, and he's a big silent killer. Mm. It's a very off-color blowjob joke in the middle of that trailer, Michael. Where Isn't I went, there's gas. Yeah, where I went, oh. Oh, hey, oh yeah. they're doing that thing where they're saying a very off-colour thing, but it's okay because they've time-travelled back to the 80s and the modern character goes, oh, no, that's not good. I liked it, Ben, because it was the 80s and you could tell it was the 80s because everyone was smoking fags. Everyone was smoking fags. Everyone was having a fag. <laughs> Non-stop. Uh, Michael, this comes in a strange kind of release cycle for Prime who have been putting out kind of a slasher movie every Halloween for the last couple of years. Uh, Previous to this, we got Freaky, where Vince Vaughn swaps body with a teenager. He's a serial killer who swaps bodies with a teenager. Do you remember that one? No. This is the first time hearing of this. So it was called Freaky. It was based on Freaky Friday. But the joke this time was that the serial killer swapped bodies with a teenage girl. The serial killer was played by none other than Vince Vaughn. And then Vince Vaughn carries on in the movie as the young girl in the body of the giant lumbering Vince Vaughn, who's trying to track down his serial killer doppelganger. Oh, that's gas. That's yeah. gas. How have I not seen that, Ben? Uh, I, we talked about it on the podcast, Michael. We definitely did. Um, did we? But so, so common is this that there's actually a second trailer for Totally Killer that is kind of a teaser trailer for all three of those films. So uh, Amazon knows what they're doing and they're kind of turning it into a genre bendy All three annual tradition. Of those films. What's the other one? Uh, the other one is, of course, uh, Happy Death Day. Oh, it's Happy Death Day. Okay, so yeah. they're they're kind of wearing the inspiration on their sleeve for this. Oh, very much so. Um, well, oh, it's sorry, I, I've made a small mistake there, Michael. I've made a small mistake and I'm going to catch ben, it now before I I'm get in trouble. I'm just going to stop you. I'm going to stop you now before you real, reveal that this small mistake was a completely enormous mistake that changes the thing completely. No, fuck but you. Go on. There's no, nothing, go, good, good, there's good, nothing good. enormous. Right, go on. 
It's Bloomhouse that released the trailer because Bloomhouse distributes to various things. Amazon Prime has gotten their hands on this one, but Bloomhouse owns all those properties. Oh, uh, that is a minor change, Ben. Yeah, it is. What did you think it was? I thought it was going to be, oh no, those films have nothing to do with each other. Sorry. No, I'm no, they're everything to do with each other. Bloomhouse released a little trailer, um, a little teaser trailer, Michael, um, and the teaser trailer was literally called Who's the Next Bloomhouse Slasher? Very, Very self-aware. Very good. Very I didn't know there was a middle one. Ben, I didn't know there was a middle one. I'm going to have to watch this freaky. I think you'll probably enjoy it, Michael. It's a good old film. And it's a classic sci-fi conceit yeah. mixed up with a slasher. And the the kind of the little trailer, Michael, was excellent. I don't know if anybody saw it. But the little trailer combines loads of different Bloomhouse ones. For example, the Grabber, played by Ethan Hawke. He turns up at the door. Um, Claire from Modern Family is opening the door three times. Oh. And it's a different masked serial killer each time with a flash as if she's going back in time and opening the door to a new killer every time. How exciting, so there's, like Scream. There's loads of them. There's Puka, there's uh, Babyface, and now uh, the Sweet 16 killer is the name of this guy. Oh, well, look, Benjamin, we'll have to give it a watch. But Ben. Yeah. Imagine for me for a second there that it's Halloween. Go on. And you're living in a little town and it's Halloween. Oh, yeah. You're wearing your Letterman jacket. Oh, go on, yeah. You've probably got your comb because you're slicking back your hair. Yeah. But, Ben, you live in a horrible, horrible 1950s mystery town. Oh, boss. Where there's a slasher. Oh, no. But, here's a twist for you. You have to get the slasher. Oh, ho, ho, ho. what that is absolute madness, Michael. Insanity. Ben, there was a huge pause there. Yes, my internet tr- connection dropped out, Michael, but you caught that cue. Like like a man who's done a hundred episodes of a podcast, you didn't even blink and you spun your wheels. No, I, did. no, I didn't. Oh, shit. <laughs> <I> didn't. <laughs> anyway, Ben, this is, based on a, this is based on a novel. Now, based on the last few episodes of podcasts, yeah. this podcast specifically, I assume this is a novel from very recently probably as recently as 2018 (laughs) it actually isn't for a change Michael Dark Harvest is a a novel from 2006 actually that's that's practically ancient is it even written in English modern English understandable by the youth of today no it's written in the ancient dialect of vocal fry Um, oh my god and so it's basically and then there was a monster and I was like is it ah (laughs) Oh my god, we have to kill this monster. Uh, Yeah, so basically, this is uh, an inverted Stephen King trope. Very good. Or or an inverted 80s film trope. We've seen giant harvest-based monsters before in Pumpkinhead, the the demon of vengeance that can be summoned to wreak revenge on your behalf. But you shouldn't, because then you're summoning a demon, and it only gets messy from there. Gets messy. And then the little pumpkin boy from the Trick or Treat movies as well. Yeah, he's real freaky, isn't he? The little pumpkin patch kid. Oh, yeah. no good. Yeah, very creepy. But in this case, Michael, it's Sawtooth Jack is the name of the character, or October Boy. Hmm. They both sound very Irish. They, they do. October Boy has a right... That's the next hit band from Dublin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, October oh, yeah. Boy. October Boy playing the bloody Academy this summer. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, or this October would make a lot more sense. But anyway, uh, each me- each year, young men in an uh, in an unnamed Midwestern hamlet 
partake in a ritual of hunting a pumpkin-headed creature named Sawtooth Jack or October Oh, very good. Yeah, the goal is to catch... Oh, go on. I'm going to stop you there because if you're going to read out the rest of what's written there, you're about to spoil this film. I'm not. If you read out the rest of that, I'm already a little bit upset about... <laughs> how much what I've read is spoiling it. I wasn't so. going to read the whole thing, Michael. If you don't Are want you, to take part in this podcast correctly, write your own show notes. Right? You were just going to spoil it for me. I was just going to spoil it for you. Michael, the amount of times we've absolutely ruined the latest pop culture thing for each other is unbelievable. Yeah. Very good. Anyway, don't read, Ben's, uh, don't read Ben's summary of the plot, ladies and gentlemen, because assuming that it's the same as the book, it reveals the end. Yes. Well, we won't give away the end, but it turns out, Michael, that this ritual is not the heroic endeavour that it seems to be. There's a sinister twist. Wait. There's a sinister twist. Ben, it's from producer and director David Slade. Yes, David Slade. What a great name for a First director. All, a great name and a very handsome fella, Ben. Is he? Yeah, he's, he's one of my people. He's what I like to call a bearded egg. A bearded egg. Yeah. Oh, he is, yeah, 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 he is in his grey bearded egg. Yeah, I'm saying he's very handsome, man, because he looks quite a bit like me, that's what I meant. I think this has the potential to be very, very good, Michael, because David Slade's back catalogue is stunning. Mm, Go on. Um, One of the films that has scarred me forever, starring Elliot Page, Michael, Hard Candy, many, 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 many years ago, in 2005. What was going on in Hard Candy? Hard Candy is the, uh, the... film that features a young lady who tricks paedophiles into meeting up with her and then she invokes horrific violence upon them. Oh. Um, was that not another one recently with um, Carrie Elwood? Oh, yeah. It was um, Promising Young Woman, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. A similar premise to that? Uh, but much younger. She was very particularly targeting uh, grown men who were into young, young women. Ah, pedos. Uh, pedos, yeah. Um, also, Fabulous. 30 Days of Night, Michael. Yeah, classic horror film. Um, now Underrated. There is, say again? Underrated. Underrated. And here's another one that might throw you off, Michael. Black Mirror Bandersnatch. Oh, yeah, that was an interesting experiment. He did. And then, Michael, of course, that peak of cinema, that most wonderful of silver screen endeavours, the Twilight Saga Eclipse. <laughs> Right, well, fuck that film. Not going to watch that. What's next? <laughs> so I don't know how this is going to go, Michael. Unless Sawtooth Jack is a sexy, pale teen who's like, oh, mm, mm. I'm so sparkly. Striking but some Benjamin, poses, yeah. There's no need to worry about the somewhat spotty history of David Slade. Come on. Because we've also got a Halloween spooky production coming up from someone with a flawless track record of making things that are excellent. Your friend and mine and Stephen King's and Raul Cahooley's and Carla Gugino's. It's uh, Mike Flanagan's The Fall of the House of Usher. Yeah, Mike Flanagan, friend of all horror. (laughs) Mike Flanagan is in charge of this one. And this, Michael, has me excited no end. First of all, releasing at a very appropriate time in October. Yes, it's not that hard. October 6th, get the fuck out of here. Too early in the month. October 12th, key. Key. (laughs) Just in time. Benjamin, is this a televisual series or a film? It's a televisual series, Michael, for Netflix. How many many episodes of it? Uh, We don't know. Oh, sorry, we do know the exact amount, Michael. I'm just getting it up here. Uh, It's a tight eight. It's a tight eight, Ben. It's a tight eight. Fabulous. Otherwise... It just keeps getting better and better. 
Exactly, Michael. Otherwise known as exactly what you'd want. That's exactly, exactly what, what I want. So this Benjamin, is... Go on. Go on. No, you no, go no on. you go on. You go on. It's your podcast too. Is this based on a book from 2023? <laughs> no, Michael. It's based on a book that's much older than that. Um, so on. this is entirely based around the works of horror extraordinaire Edgar Allan Poe. Go on. Yeah. So Edgar Allan Poe is the father of horror. Um, and I, I don't think that's unfair to say. The modern American... Sorry, the father of American horror. I should very, very, very quickly underline that very hardly. The father of American horror. There would be no American horror genre without Edgar Allan Poe. Right, go on. So, Edgar Allan Poe was uh, born all the way back in 1809 in Boston, Massachusetts. That's like more than 200 years ago. Yeah, and he is the kind of... He's the driver of the American gothic genre, the the twisty, weird, evil stuff. And, Michael, wouldn't you know, he hails from County Cavan, Ireland, because their grandfather, yeah. David Poe, came all the way over in 1750, there or thereabouts. So he's an Irishman. Um, and he's kind of become exceptionally famous, Michael, for the absolutely twisted short stories that he would write. He's the father not only of the American Gothic, but also of the detective stories, Michael. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did he write, uh, did he write Sherlock Holmes? He didn't. No, he wrote The Murders at Rue Morgue, um, which became world famous as kind of the first great detective series. One of them featured a locked room mystery, Michael, which was a brand new conceit back in the 1800s. How did that person get killed when the room was locked? And Michael, the answer will actually indeed shock you. It's one of my favourite twists ever. I remember studying it at college, Michael, and going, that's absolute bollocks. You're not telling me that's the truth. And it was, it was the truth. I can't tell you what it is, ladies and gentlemen. No, you have to. You have to tell us now. (laughs) It's an orangutan. It's a murderous orangutan who climbs down. (laughs) He climbs down the chimney of the room with a knife murders the person in the room and then climbs back up the chimney. That is nearly as horrifying, Benjamin, as the trailer for The House, The Fall of the House of Usher. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty terrifying. I won't lie to you, Michael. Uh, This covers a broad swathe of the gothic works of Edgar Allan Poe. When we take a look at this, uh, Verna is the character played by Carla Gugino. Uh, We see Carla Gugino frequently in this trailer. She seems to be some kind of otherworldly being. She's some sort of spirit of vengeance. Some sort of spirit of vengeance, Michael. Exactly. Uh, And she takes the form of many of Edgar Allan Poe's short stories. Uh, Oh, so this isn't based on an Edgar Allan Poe story. This is like inspired by his stories into one coherent narrative. Is that what you're telling me? This is almost an eight-episode anthology. Go on. Or more or less, she is an eight-episode anthology of different creatures that seek vengeance. So the fall of the House of Usher itself is a single story. It's a famous story about a man uh, sitting in a... He's travelling through the night. He finds somewhere to stay. He meets the head of the household. The head of the household is one of the ushers. And as he's staying in this home, taking shelter from the night, the house is collapsing around him. He doesn't realise that this house is kind of a horror home. It's a big haunted kind of apparition in the middle of the night. And it's collapsing down around him. Now... Mike Flanagan has taken that, he's sprinted with it, and he's turned the ushers into a crime family. 
Yeah, a very uh, ethnically diverse crime family. Oh, it's great. I absolutely love it. This is Mike Flanagan to a T, Michael. Give me a modern American setting and uh, give me ancient bloody tropes. So there's another Irish woman in this, Michael. Bloody Ruth Cobb is there. Cod, sorry. Ruth Cod is there. Who's Ruth Cod? Uh, she's an Irish woman. Sure, don't she's you know? here. And she's playing Juno Usher. Oh, I don't know which one that is. Uh, she's the little gothic looking girl. Uh, with the very dark it, black hair. Was she in my least favourite of the Mike Flanagan things? Um, kids telling each other spooky stories. Yes. Yes, she I was. I can't remember what it was called. Uh, the Midnight Club. Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah, she was in the Midnight Club. Uh, but anyway, Verna takes the form of various things. We see her at one point uh, as the Mask of the Red Death, um, oh. which is the famous story about nobles partying in uh, in the kind of the midst of a plague and they Mm. let this character in and this character turns out to be the devil or something akin to the devil and it spreads the plague through the house. Uh, So that's happening again. We're tying those teams together, Michael, because this time the ushers are kind of that decadent upper class that have been getting away with literally murder for many, many years by the looks of the trailer. Um, And that comes through. There's some glowing eyes in the background, uh, Michael, at one point and that looks to be the cat from I cannot remember the name of the story it's not the telltale the heart it's not the raven uh, oh I'm not gonna the black cat it's <laughs> very simple it's called the black cat Michael it's about a cat that gets bricked up behind a wall by a man who's driven insane by its meowing um, oh so that's like there. Uh, the the telltale heart Yes, like the Telltale Heart, but that's floorboards and an old man. We'll probably get a bit of that in there as well, Michael. There's the pit and the pendulum at one point. There's a big swinging blade, so we get a little bit of that as well. Um, There looks to be all kinds of things. And then, of course, there's an awful lot of looks at ravens. So many looks at ravens, Ben. Um, Ben, he's brought back all of his mates. He's brought back Roel Cahooley, who finally seems to be getting to play a baddie. Yeah, it's about time. He's, he's had enough. It's gas. Yeah. It's gas seeing him playing someone who's a big selfish prick. Carla Gugino's back. Carla Gugino's back. She's, all, as always, a ghost. I'm concerned that the actress Carla Gugino might be a ghost. Oh, she's fucking, And now she's typecast. She's a fucking great ghost, though. Very good ghost. I think she might have died during the film of Sin City. It could and, be. Uh, she's, been a, she's been a ghost ever since. His wife is back, Katie Siegel. Is that Katie? Is Katie Siegel his wife? Yes. Get she's 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 in all of the things except this time she has platinum blonde hair and I don't know who she is. Ah, very good, very good. Yeah, and Ben, probably the biggest thing about the trailer was a borderline unrecognizable Mark Hamill. Yes, as the as the butler. I knew Mark Hamill was in this. I watched this trailer and said, "Why wasn't Mark Hamill in it?" And I went back and watched it again and went, he was there the whole time. It's it's very rare for Mark Hamill to play understated. Yeah, or just not Mark Hamill. Or just not Mark Hamill. And I think that might be a little bit of what we're dealing with here because he's very understated in this, Michael. He's just, it's, it's one gas. of those things. It's bizarre. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know... I'm looking forward to it, Michael. This is the thing I was most excited to see a trailer for this week. I think this looks really good. I love Mike Flanagan stuff. It genuinely unnerves me every time I watch it. Terrifying stuff. Yeah, great stuff. Can't wait. Very excited. Benjamin. Yeah. 
Speaking of not being able to wait and being very excited, today is the recording of our 100th episode of this iteration of this podcast. Oh, Michael, it's too many episodes, my friend. Ben, it's like it's something like 350 in total. Oh, but don't say 100 that out loud. episodes, <laughs> 100 episodes of this version. Oh, we've almost done a year's worth of podcasts, Michael. Oh, yeah. We've done a podcast a day. You could literally listen to one episode of this podcast a day and only be left bloody 15 days without oh, us. Oh, no, you could, cover, you could cover them with collecting issues, the podcast. Oh, uh, yeah. The book club. You'd be grand. <laughs> but anyway, Michael, we put it out to the listeners because the listeners, a lot of our listeners have stuck with us for a very long time. Very long. Some of them, Ben, I fear might be ghosts. Some of them, I fear, might be ghosts. If Carly Gino's out there and listening, please be a guest on the podcast. I'd love that. Um, yeah. But, Michael, we put it out to the listeners and we came up with five simple categories. Because Stephen J. Cadwell, Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell. That's Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell to you. Came to us and said, here, lads, why don't you do a Desert Island Picks episode? That wasn't what he said. He said Desert Island Dicks, because he implied that we were dicks. We are dicks, it's true. Um, that was the other name for this podcast. Stephen didn't know that when he pitched it, but it was. <laughs> um, but come here to me. He what? said, why don't you do one of those? So we came up with a little conceit. Thank you very, very much, Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell, for giving us this idea, because we were coming up to 100 episodes, and we were just going to do a classic, what's going on in that creepy office breakdown? Oh, yeah, we were. But then we said, no, nah, we'll do this instead. This would be good. This would be grand. This would do this. So, ladies and gentlemen, we asked the listeners, who are possibly listening to us now, to pick one of five, one thing for each of our five categories. Number one, a movie they take to a desert island. Yes. Number two, a TV series they take to a desert island. Go on. Amongst a bo- set. Yes. Number three, a classic comic book they'd take to a bloody desert island. Oh, go on. Number four, a novel or a series of novels that they take to a desert island. And number oh, five, good. Michael, number five is yes. uh, a bloody video game that they take to that island. Oh, what an exciting island. Yeah, so basically what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen, is we're going to go through category by category. We're going to give you our picks. And then you, ladies and gentlemen, are going to listen to the listeners' picks. Yeah, and then you can write your own picks as well, after the fact. Yeah, if you send them into us. Send them into us. But before we do that, Michael, I have a favour to ask. Oh, what is it? Ladies and gentlemen, if you've been enjoying this episode so far, or if you've been having a good old time over the years listening to us, maybe now is the time to give us a little 100-episode gift and go and leave us a review wherever you're listening. Could be on Spotify. Could be on bloody Apple Podcasts. Could be on Google Podcasts. Could be on bloody... I don't know. There's loads of them. There's so many now, I can't keep up with them. You can also leave us a little uh, review on the Acast website. Uh, But, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's get into this. Ben, I'm always razzing you about your lack of podcasting skills, but that was fabulous. (laughs) It's just buttery smooth. I know I like razzing you when you, like, forget to record or leave a door open or something. Or there's a dog. But... Just flawless. <laughs> every flawless every once in a while. Every once in a that while. Was your, that was your 100th episode compliment. That's it. I'm done. It. That's, that's all. That'll keep me topped up for another 350 episodes, ladies and gentlemen. Very good. Benjamin, what are we talking about? Films first, is Films it? first it is, yeah. Okay, so what are the rules here? The rules here, Michael, are, quite frankly, yeah. 
Technology yeah. exists on the island, but they have nothing to watch. Okay? okay. So all you have to do, Michael, is bring a Blu-ray copy of your favorite movie. They have Blu-ray players. They have bloody high-definition televisions. What they don't have is a Wi-Fi connection or streaming service. It's a communist island where we share everything and we've ousted the capitalist overlords. Terrific. Okay, this is a pretty easy one for me, Ben. Go on. Shall I go first? You go first for me. I'll go first because this is a very easy one for me. This is a film which I was, when I was going to see it, the most excited I had ever been for any film in my entire life. Oh, Jesus. While while I was watching it, I thoroughly enjoyed every second of it and I have seen it tens of times since and could still watch it again this evening if I went downstairs and sat on the couch and started watching it. So it's a slam dunk no-brainer, Ben. There are only a very small handful of other contenders. Go on. The the other contenders are films that at some stage of my life held this crown. For example, Dogma. Oh, Dogma's a good one. And I know we... Kevin Smith's Dogma, Ben. When I was a youth, I watched Kevin Smith's Dogma practically on a loop. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, because I, I was a youth, Ben. I had a long jacket and a hoodie on, and I thought I was cool like Matt Damon. Yeah, you were a youth. Yeah, but I wasn't cool. I was boring like Ben Affleck. Or Ben Colby. Or Ben Colby, yeah. Depending yeah, on who yeah. you ask. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The other, the other option, Ben, was The Goonies, which you could basically repeat that entire story I've just told you, but from the perspective of when I was like 12. But with The Goonies... But with the Goonies, Ben, because we had the Goonies, we recorded the Goonies from RTE on a cassette tape. Very good, and, Michael. And watched it practically on a loop. Yeah, I, I, had a, I had a similar kind of difficult time, I suppose. There's a lot of formative movies in my past, Michael. 1989's Tim Burton Batman is a big one for me. Oh, Ben, you're just going to go across me now, are you? I was about to say when my, what oh, my answer was. Oh, you give me yours. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I haven't, give, I haven't given you your, mine yet. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed. I haven't. I was I'm so busy trying to keep track of all the various answers we've gotten from the wonderful I was listeners. Doing, I was doing kind of a lead-in then, as it were. But that's fine. You could just cut across me whenever you feel like. No, no, no. Sorry. Go on. Back to you. Anyway, it's it's uh, it's 2012's Avengers. 2012's Avengers. Oh, fuck. That's terrible, Michael. You're getting kicked it's off the island. The greatest film event experience ever made. That's made me I, sad. Ben... The only thing about this that made me reconsider it being Avengers is I probably don't need it because I could just reenact it for everyone. I remember the entire script. I've seen it so many times. You remember it word for bloody word, Michael. Word for word. Every time you've had a skinful, Michael, the entire Red Line Lewis gets a reenactment of Avengers from 2012. Yeah, I stand up and I go, pick a scene, everybody. Pick a scene and I'll reenact it for you. And it's awful every time. Ladies and gentlemen, I had a similar issue with formative experiences and trying to pick something out of the... Yes. And there came a day, (laughs) a day unlike any other, when Earth's mightiest heroes and heroines found themselves united against a common threat. (laughs) It was called Mick Leonard. The (laughs) Avengers were born. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I had a similarly difficult time. (laughs) trying to come up with a film that would kind of encapsulate this. So 1989's Tim Burton's Batman is a big one for me. Very, very habit-forming. 
Yes. Uh, there are some other examples in that list. I really liked Gary Oldman's Dracula when I saw it first as a young wee lad. I bet you did. Yeah, that was a very uh, formative experience for me as well. Con Air is a huge one for me, Michael. Oh, very good, with Nicolas Cage. With Nicolas Cage. I saw that on a big, big movie once. Or not a big, big movie, but a late night matinee on RTE or something. And I thought this was the coolest fucking film I'd ever seen in my entire life. I thought that Nicolas Cage was the peak of human muscle building ability at that point. Because he did a single kind of cross-legged push-up where he was sitting like oh, the yeah. Buddha and then he pushed himself up in his prison cell. And I remember looking at that going, that is peak human conditioning. That is what it is. Ben, I think the late, late, late night movie on RTE2 is responsible for an awful lot of formative moments for an awful lot of Irish teenage boys. I think the island of Ireland has been irrevocably shaped by the late late movie however I also went in a similar route to yours Michael I went with a film that I chose to go and see of my own volition and I went with Blade Runner 2049 Blade Runner 2049 the film that I fell asleep in yeah apparently you didn't like it at all Michael Um, I think I was with you Blade Runner with Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott's Blade Runner from the 80s was huge for me. Um, I remember my dad letting me pick out a film from his collection. And he said, we'll watch whatever you pick. And I picked this out and I watched this. And that kind of blew my mind. I was like, oh, maybe there's replicants in real life. Maybe nobody I know is real. And that gave me a little existential crisis. And then I went to see this. And originally I was like, nothing could top the original Blade Runner. But I think it might have. I think Blade Runner 2049 is a huge moment in cinema. And I think it's great. And it has fueled your essentially never-ending obsession with getting an AI girlfriend. Yeah, pretty much relentless at this point. And we're making great strides. Yeah. I mean, ChatGPT. Yeah, ben, ben funnels a lot of podcast money into ChatGPT, into uh, mid-journey, into uh, solid holograms. Oh, no, she wasn't solid, was she? She wasn't solid. She wasn't solid. No, that was kind of one of the problems. Yeah, that's why there was that scene with the with the Lady of the Night. No solid light constructs in 2049, Michael. No, not at all. You have to wait a few more hundred years. What did the listeners say, though? So, we got a lot of responses, for which we are eternally grateful, ladies and gentlemen. Cosplay Sheriff got in touch with us on Instagram, and he said, The Big Lebowski. That is a good movie. It is. Nine Wassies got in touch with us and said, Zodiac. Oh, that's an interesting choice. Yeah, I think that's the David Fincher one, is it? It is the David Fincher one. Here's the problem, though. Go on. No matter how many times you watch it, you're not going to find out who the killer is. You're never going to know, because we never found you're out. You're never going to... Yeah, well, maybe that's what Nine Wassies likes about it. Maybe it's the ambiguity of murder. Maybe he just thinks if he keeps watching it, eventually he'll figure it out. Well, he might. We never know, Michael. Stranger things no, have he'll happened. Be on the, he'll be on the island, so it won't matter anymore. No, yeah, he won't be able to do anything. Even if he won't finds it out, he'll just be trapped on the island. Yeah, that's oh, a shame. Shit. That's a shame. Uh, good old OG Glop of the podcast, the, the original glamorous lady of podcasting. Uh, relentlessly, Rachel got in touch with us and said, "Jaws." Oh, an, an absolute on an island, yeah, surrounded an absolute by water. classic. Uh, we had a good friend of the podcast, Stephen J. Cadwell, Doctor Stephen J. Cadwell, and he came in with an absolute belter, Michael, The Shining. I think he's written there, the sh- Ben, The Shining too. Oh, The Shining 2. No, he hasn't. hasn't. You sneaky. (laughs) You sneaky son of a bitch. Although The Shining 2 was actually very good. Uh, It was, yes. It was an excellent... It was a Mike Flanagan gig. 
It was a Mike Flanagan gig. Dr. Sleep, it was very good. One of my favourite horrors of the last few years. Pretty damn good. Uh, Guambi Guy got in touch with us, Michael, and he said the Fellowship of the Ring. It took him a while to decide, he said. That's fair enough. Yeah. Uh, again, with the Fellowship of the Ring, though, you're not going to find out if they manage to take the ring to Mount Doom. You're not at all. It's not going to happen. Then our good pal Brian's Action Figure Reviews, who has often guested on this podcast, uh, got in touch with us and said, The Empire Strikes Back. Michael. Yep. Good, solid choice. The Absolutely. best. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then we had a few of your pals. We had good pal of the podcast, Shane. <laughs> Get in touch with us. And Shane was on a cowboy fetish kick and he said Tombstone. Remember that, ladies and gentlemen, for the next couple of ones that we read out. But Tombstone yeah. was his top pick, which is actually a great bloody Western. It's got Wyatt Earp in it. It's got Wyatt Earp in it and Val Kilmer doing his damnedest to be just bloody great. Yeah, he says, I'll be your Huckleberry. I'll be your huckleberry. Then, Michael, we put it out on a story as well because we relentlessly went fishing. We've actually got too many responses now, Michael. We've overdone it, but that's fine. Uh, friend of the podcast, Alana Haha, see, yes, go on. on the thing, yeah. said Con Air or The Breakfast Club, so I'm in good company there. You picked Con Air. I did. I did. Um, and then, bloody Jim of Wednesday Night Cinema Club fame. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with him. He went completely left field, has never listened to this podcast, apparently, and said a few good men. Oh, I think he just wanted the truth, Ben. I think he just wanted the truth. But as Michael, as we've covered many times on this podcast, we cannot handle the truth. We cannot handle the truth. That's my Jack Nicholson, ladies and gentlemen. Very good. And then uh, Too Much Devlin Mini Painting got in touch with us, and he said, Predator for the survival skills and quips. So we got a little breakdown there of why that was considered so good by some of our listeners. And there's one more here, Michael. I'll be nothing if not a completionist. And it was on one of our reels because we put this out on reels and regular posts, Michael. Because we're the podcast that gives you everything. We're the podcast that gives you everything, ladies and gentlemen. And as soon as my phone loads it up, I'll let you know what it was. Oh, there it is now. Um, Yeah, so uh, we got Vertigo from Guy Bowman. Who got oh, in touch good with old us. Guy Bowman. Uh, Guy Bowman got in touch with us. And then I think I might have just about forgotten good friend of the pod- podcast, Retro Gamer Ireland. Oh, yeah, that's... Otherwise known Nisha. as Nisha. And he is down here. Oh, this is terrible podcasting, ladies and gentlemen. I'm this very sorry. Such a shame he didn't have, let's say, nearly a week to prepare for this. How about you go fuck yourself, right? How about <laughs> after a hundred episodes, just, I drop? How about you just this, find the answer, Ben? I dropped find this the answer? conceit. He didn't actually comment. He just commented to congratulate us because he's a very nice oh, guy. Uh, and then, of course, we nearly forgot one of the most important, Michael. Uh, Hocus Pocus was the pick of another wonderful listener on the podcast. Who was that? Your good lady friend. Oh, Ben, don't reveal who it is. It's a secret. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't. That's why I said... Oh, it's Polka Dot Sundays. It's yes. not a secret. It's not, it's not a secret. Come no, on, it's, it's on, What's the next topic? Quite well established. Moving on from there, Michael, we went to TV series. Go on, give me your pick. Oh, oh no, you go first this time. Oh, no, Michael, you You're not ready? son of a bitch. No, I can do it. Um, okay, I, these on. are all animated for me, Michael. I had a really hard time. I, I got into the, I got too much into the headscape of a survivalist, Michael. And I thought to myself, oh, yeah. what could I re-watch a bunch of times and really mine for something to keep myself from going insane? Yeah, 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 that's what you want. And that's that's what I had to come up with. So I had a few big ones that I was trying to get to grips with and understand. So one of the big ones for me was Batman the Animated Series, which was a huge mm. part of my childhood. 
huge part of it very very important I then thought about some of the bigger ones that we have The Wire I'm a big fan of I think The Wire is a great show I think The Bear in recent years is a fantastic show but there's only two seasons Michael I can't do anything with two seasons you're on this island for the rest of your life then. I'm on this island for the rest of my life Michael I'm deserted on an island with nothing but a high def television and a blu-ray player and a possibly yep. a PS4 it'll probably be a PS5 because that'll do everything that we need to do but anyway I then got thinking about it Michael and the one that came to me a show that brings me no end of joy Michael I thought Bob's Burgers might be a good shout but however oh, go on. there's not enough depth to Bob's Burgers Michael I won't get a lot of rewatch out of it Right. And it doesn't tick all my favourite tropes. doesn't do it. Go on. So, Michael, I finally settled on, above all of these things, Adventure Time. Would you believe, Ben, I've never seen a full episode of Adventure Time? That's shocking. It's got Finn in it. It's got Finn. The stretchy dog. Jake the dog. Stretchy dog, I think, is the character name. Yes, stretchy dog. Good old-fashioned stretchy dog. Princess Plum. Uh, yes, Princess Plum. That's definitely her name. Nobody look it up. Fro- Frost Queen. Oh, that's her. That's her. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Why did you pick? Why did you pick this? Uh, I just think it has so much lore, so many amazing themes encapsulated in it as a cartoon. I think it covers a wide breadth of the human condition and manages to do so in a completely unique and whimsical way. And if I ever do manage to meet other people, we can build our own mythology off of Adventure Time and survive as a culture. Very exciting, Ben. Ben, I was really torn on this because I, first of all, was leaning towards the point of this podcast, which is, you know, science fiction, fantasy, genre, that sort of stuff. Yes. But then a couple of our good friends and listeners, like the original Glop, suggested comedies. And comedies, mm, comedies have a timelessness to them. They do. They have a rewatchability. They do. That over years and years you would probably really benefit from. So... Comedies started pushing their way into my mind, particularly Father Ted. Ugh. And, uh, oh, what's wrong with that? Noted turf, Graham Linehan wrote it. Oh, well, okay, but I still like Father Ted. And um, <laughs> and The Inbetweeners. Go on. Both of, thing, both of which I think have incredible rewatchability. Very good. But, in the end... I went back to the old classics of science fiction and fantasy and I was thinking, do I want something that I can deep door, deep dive lore into or do I want something that's just like comfort food for me? Oh yeah. What you come up with? And then that was really the, the choice. That's what took it down to the wire. So the, the runner up for me, the deep door, deep dive lore, in-depth, exciting, long-term storytelling, which came second, was Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Oh, Infinitely rewatchable, Ben. You oh. get so many good years out of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. I think that's become the criteria for a lot of this stuff for me. Is what can I, what can I really delve into after a certain amount of time? But in the end, I went for my equivalent of TV comfort food: Buffy Vampire. Oh, what a classic, Michael! What a classic. Thanks. Very good. Seven seasons. No dreadful dips in quality. Consistent, rewatchable, fabulous. Very good. 10 out of 10. Uh, you're in very good company there, Michael. A good friend of the podcast, Hannah, also picked that one. Um, oh, very good. Yeah. And then we have a whole bunch of listener submissions as well. Uh, we have, very interestingly, from Cosplay Sheriff, again. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> he said Grey's Anatomy, which I was very taken aback at. But then I read the full comment, which was, never seen it, now's a good time. So he's picked something yeah. he, does, he hasn't seen. And he's got like 27 series to watch. That so could be the move. I think that might be the move. That might be the move. Well done to Cosplay Sheriff on that one. Um, we got uh, another one in from Stephen J. Cadwell. He's a Taskmaster UK. He's gone for a comedy. Very clever. Very clever. Very good for the sanity, ladies and gentlemen. Very good for the sanity. Um, old cowboy kinkster uh, Shane has gone for Justified, starring Timothy Elephant. It's back. It's back. It's now Justified Primeval. Yeah. And Walt what? Goggins is, is in it. For some reason, old Walton Goggins. Old Walton Goggins. He's he's given it a go. Um, so uh, Veronica Mars was chosen by your good lady friend. Yes, I can attest to that because Veronica Mars basically plays on a loop in the background of my house. It absolutely does. I've been it to does. your house. I've sat through all three seasons about fifteen times, but never actually watched it. Brian's action figures chose TMNT animated series original. Teenage Mutant Ninja oh, Turtles. Oh, a nostalgic original. choice. Very good. Very good. And then Guambi Guy went for another classic kind of longevity gig, which is The Simpsons. Oh, interesting. The Simpsons, which may never stop, Michael. So you might get new content delivered to you. Yes, you almost certainly would until some of the actors start dying. I think even then they'll probably just replace them with AI. Yeah, the AI could probably do it better now. Have you heard the actors' voices in the last few years? Rough. They're really suffering. Rough stuff. They've been contorting their voices for decades, Michael. What's next? Uh, Then we went with a good friend of the podcast, Rachel, who said Peep Show, which is a very interesting choice. Oh, yeah. Classic. An absolute classic, ladies and gentlemen. And then, Michael, and then in our stories today... We got one more answer from good friend of the podcast, Jim, Stargate SG-1. Classic. And then Alana C. again yeah. uh, said Adventure Time. So oh, there you go. Is Alana just you, Ben? Uh, no, it's not, actually. So all your answers are the same. I know. We have similar tastes, apparently, as it happens. That's very strange. Uh, ben. Very good. Yes. So that brings us on swiftly, ladies and gentlemen, to the wonderful world of comic books. Oh, comic books. That's Yeah, I'm a big fan of comic books. You are indeed, Michael. Tell me what you pick. Uh, do you want to... Okay, so what we've done, what I assume we're doing is either a run yeah. or a discreet, like... It has to be something discreet. I'm assuming we can't just say Batman. Uh, yes, we're going we're gonna to have to limit it down to something, Michael. Okay, so then I was thinking, what's a nice, long coherent quality from start to finish thing that I could take to the island with me in my presumably by this stage quite heavy suitcase yes and there were a few classic choices Ben the obvious one and I think uh, it was Brian from Brian's Action Figures Reviewed who agreed with it was Invincible yes I don't know if I've ever mentioned it Ben but I'm a big fan of Invincible you have mentioned it once or twice it's come up I've mentioned it once or twice on the podcast and then as well as that the the in a similar vein Another classic, a formative classic, that's a nice, lengthy, hefty, really meaty thing that you could dig your teeth into over and over again, was Sandman. Oh, Sandman has an awful lot of rereadability, doesn't it? There's loads of rereadability in Sandman. You can, and the great thing about Sandman is you can either reread it or dip in and out. Mm. Which is just great for the desert island. So let's say it's a sunny day and you're... Dipping your toes in the in the water, the shark infested water. Very good. 
You're going, I think I'll read a bit of Sandman. So in the end, I went for something a little bit more niche, maybe a little bit more surprising, but something which is quite like those two in that it's discreet, complex, character-focused, heavy on mythology and world-building, but also speaks to my unique interests. Not that unique, but my personal interests. It is IDW's Transformers More Than Meets the Eye. Of course it is, Michael. Of course it is. Michael J. Leonard. absolutely love it. Michael Jerome Leonard loves Transformers. I do, and that is actually my middle name. But I I usually don't like people to know because it's also my password. (laughs) Very good. Uh, Excellent. What a a good choice. What a you choice, Michael. Um, Thank you. I contemplated Sandman for a little bit. Uh, ultimately oh, yeah. felt I probably wouldn't get as much out of it as I'd like. I then went over to my one of my all-time favourite comics, Michael Hellboy by Mike Bignola, um, which has a good amount of length to it, Michael, but sometimes it leans back on the old dialogue in favour of pure visual storytelling, and I feel like you'd get through that very quickly, Michael, here and there. Yes, go on. And I felt that that was a little bit difficult. And then if there was ever a mythological reference that I wanted to look up a little bit more, I wouldn't be able to do that because I'd be trapped in a desert island, Michael. Trapped in a desert island? You wouldn't have your internet. I wouldn't have my internet. And I felt like that might drive me to madness even quicker. So in the end, I went for something a little bit more modern, uh, something that really, really grabbed me. One of my very formative kind of love of comic book series. And that was East of West by Jonathan Hickman. Yes. All the way up out of here. Yeah, Apocalypse Space Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I would have assumed that would have been Shane's pick. I would have assumed that would have been Shane's pick as well, but it wasn't. It wasn't Shane's pick, Michael, was yes. Preacher. Oh, there's a surprise. Yeah, another Cowboy Kingster fetish thing. The ultimate Cowboy <laughs> Kingster comic fetish. One of them, anyway. One of them. Um, yeah, one of them. Ben, what what did some other people pick? What were some interesting There are a few interesting ones there as we went along. Eight Ball was chosen by uh, Rachel. What's Eight Ball? I don't know. I've never read it. I'm fascinated by it. I'm going to look it up later. That's why I said it was interesting. What is it, Rachel? Rachel, tell us. Rachel, what is it, Rachel? Tell us. Scream at whatever listening device you're currently listening on and tell us. Hopefully, she told us earlier in the week, Michael, that she listens to us on the way to work sometimes. So hopefully she's screaming oh, on a bicycle good. somewhere going, It's a comic! Yeah. It's a comic book That's about people mixing cocaine and heroin. It's a whole thing. Uh, good pal of the podcast, uh, Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell, said Maximum Carnage. Oh, yeah, rubbish. You can't say that, Michael. You're not allowed to say that. Can I not? Can I not no. say the listeners' choices are rubbish? No, absolutely not. Why can't um, I say the listeners' choices are rubbish? <laughs> Cosplay Sheriff, playing the strategic winner's guide again, said, One Police, never read it, probably good. Oh, absolute dreck. Uh, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I cannot pass judgment. Stop that. Behave yourself on this podcast. Uh, and then another good one that we got there, Michael, was uh, Invincible from Brian. We agreed with you. I said that. Oh, did you? Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. What did Alana say? Did she say the same as you? And I'm fascinated by let's this series of coincidences now. Uh, I'm have... starting to think this is just your alter ego on, on Instagram. It really isn't. Uh, I don't have one. I don't have a fence. Gwenpool was her choice. Gwenpool, okay. Absolute muck. Stop that. Stop it. You said I could. I said you couldn't. 
I said it was rude. I wasn't listening. I wasn't listening. Um, right, moving on from there, ladies and gentlemen. That moves us on to novel. From one literary form to another, uh, that moves us on to novel. And I suppose it's my turn. Now, this one I really struggled with, Michael. American Gods was my immediate choice. Oh, yeah, but Neil Gaiman, I have it here. You can just borrow mine. You can just borrow yours. You can send it to me on the island. I debated that one for a while. I think that's a very, very, very good uh, bit, of a, bit of a hefter, as it were. Yep. Bit of a hefter. Oh, yeah. Quite good overall. But ultimately, Michael, I decided I went with a series because I gave people the choice of choosing one novel or a series of novels. Go on. And I've been a little bit sneaky here, Michael. But they're sending oh, me. You've been very sneaky. They're sending me away to a desert island, Michael. And yeah. I think they'll show a little bit of leniency in the sneakiness department. Oh, go on. So I originally wanted to choose all of Terry Pratchett's Discworld series. Well, that's quite a few books, all right. But I felt that that was cheating far too much, so I've narrowed it down to the Guards series of books, the City Watch series in the Discworld novels, which is about eight or nine books. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough, Ben. They're classics. Yeah, I absolutely love those, Michael. It's some of my favourite writing to date, um, and just phenomenal. They never cease to make me laugh, Michael, so I kind of went with a comedy book series. Fabulous stuff. Altogether, Ben Terry Pratchett was on my list as well. Very good. Um, I, I strongly considered Terry Pratchett because you know the the world building, the the comedy, the variety, the variety sure. alone, Michael. But, exactly, and I also considered Stephen Baxter's the Zeely series, Ben. Oh yeah, I've never read any Stephen Bax. Stephen Baxter is a he is a science man. He's a science man. He's a science man who also writes books. So his books are science man books. Oh, yeah. And the Zeely sequence is about nine or ten books, which covers the entire history of a, of a war between humans and an alien species called the Zeely. That's a lot of books. From the literal beginning of time to the literal end of time. Oh, wow. And, you know, if you're sitting on an old deserty island and you've got loads of time on your hands, you could be going... That's what I'll read this. Could be the move. Could be the move. But, Ben, as with everything else, I had to pick something which was close to my heart. Go on. And we've covered a lot of my my loves on this week's episode. Yes. We've had Buffy Vampire. We've had Transformers. We've had superheroes. So, in the end, I had to pick a book which covered one of my other main loves, and that is... The Eisenhorn Omnibus by Dan Abnett. Very good. I have the same omnibus hovering just above my head there on my bookshelf, Michael. There it is there. Look, Ben, so it's three books. Um, three books in one. I, th- I don't think... Oh, it's four books in one, actually. I don't think that's cheating, though, because it fits in one book. Look, that's yeah, not cheating. it fits in one book. That's not cheating. That's not cheating. It's just one book. It's the Eisenhorn Omnibus. And it is, to this day... The best way for anyone who's anyway interested in Warhammer 40,000 fiction to get into Warhammer 40,000 fiction. Can attest. It's not the, it's not the most representative of Warhammer 40,000 fiction, mostly because it's not rubbish. <laughs> but it is the best way to get Why, into Warhammer You can't 40, say fiction. that. I thought I could. I thought I was allowed to say things were rubbish now. That's our 100th episode conceit. Yes, the, the finally the shackles of your gentlemanly contract <laughs> have been released upon you. Because I never thought we'd make it to 100 episodes, ladies and gentlemen. And I pretty yeah, much yeah, yeah. 
100 episodes ago I made Mick sign a contract saying if we're doing this no racism no misogyny no calling out the listeners for their taste in things no generally bashing the quality of other fictions that we might encounter along the road we must yeah, give constructive yeah. criticism and he said fine but after 100 I'm free I'm free to go. And ladies and gentlemen, you can't see this because this is not a visual medium, but there is actually a faint crimson smoke rising off mixed flesh through the screen there. And that is actually the uh, tethered magical bonds wearing away at him. And as soon as this is done, episode 101 will feature every single racist thought that's ever gone through his head. Oh, it's just going to be an incel podcast from next week, Ben. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's like, no, you look, you listen, is what it's going to be called. (laughs) Why don't you hear my thoughts on modern dating? Anyway, Ben, <laughs> what do the listeners think? There were quite a few good shouts there. Hitchhiker's Guide from the Galaxy for doc- from Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell, an absolute classic. Um, a bit like yourself, it's an omnibus kind of gig. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a trilogy in four parts. Yeah, but they sell it in one big book, Michael. Uh, That's fine, then. Yep. Yeah. Lord of the Rings from Brian's Action Figures. You can get that all in one big book as well. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, there it is there, look. Um, Lord of the Rings oh there it is there look um, Lord of the Rings was also backed up by Gwambi Guy he also picked that um, yeah a lot of people are going to pick Lord of the Rings Lord of the Rings was a big one uh, Dracula was relentlessly Rachel's choice um, oh she loves spooky things and then for a bit of Stephen King representation we got the Dark Tower mm. from good friend of the podcast Shane is that the one about cowboys yeah yeah, it is, yeah. It features on a titular character called the Gunslinger, Michael. Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Ben, yeah. video games, though. Video games is a tough one for me, Michael. I don't play that many of them, but what did you pick? Oh, you want me to go first? It's your well, turn. Ben, the, is it my turn? The big thing here is there's no internet, right? Yeah. Because if there was internet, this would change enormously. Because if there was internet, it would be very easy for me to pick. It would be classic World of Warcraft. It would be your last outreach to the, the civilised world, Michael. Exactly, Benjamin. I'd just get help through World of Warcraft. Yes. I'd be like, hey guys, when we finish this quest together, would you mind sending help? Please. Bring more books and TV series. Thank you. Angel on DVD, please. Thanks. I'd say to them but Ben so I can't have World of Warcraft I can't have online games where the key is social interaction and continuous updates yes so that that put a new wrinkle on it obviously and brought it down to basically two go on and both of them are similarly they're the same genre essentially they're both turn based strategy games I just like turn based strategy games no Michael you Yeah, I know. I like turn-based strategy games. I like taking too long to take my turn. (laughs) And I like making sure that nothing can possibly go wrong and reloading my save if something goes ever so slightly wrong. So the two choices were... I actually haven't decided. I'm deciding now. Because they're also... What is that noise? Can you hear like a, a, a... an engine revving? Yes, that is your racism drive kicking in. Oh, very good. So my two choices, even though they're both turn-based strategy games, could not be more different in terms of uh, history, genre, uh, age of the game itself. So what am I going to pick? Okay, so the runner-up, Ben, is from 1996, and it's on the Sega Saturn, and it's a Japanese role-playing game. Oh, my goodness. Shining Force 3. Shining Force 3. I've never heard of it, Michael. You wouldn't have been. It was from a company called Camelot Software Planning. And they did a kind of anime-style but Western fantasy 
world where you were a voiceless generic swordsman who assembled an army of various elves and centaurs and wolfmen to fight back vandals from the dawn of time coming to take over the world. Fantastic. But that was my second place. Oh. First place. Go on. And the game, this is the only game, Ben, I have ever played to 100% on Steam. And I've got every achievement in. That is something. That's something. It's the only game I've ever achieved it. Because I've played every possible variation you can imagine of it. And it's an absolutely fabulous game. And I could play it endlessly and repeat play it and repeat play it and repeat play it. And it's 2012's, 2014's XCOM. Oh yeah, with the the little team of uh, they're basically they're basically the inquisitors, Michael, wiping out aliens. Yeah, you've got a mystery. You've got one of my favorite settings, which is like it's normal Earth and 2012, and uh, aliens start showing up, and you lead a small team whose job it is to see why they're showing up and make them give over. Yeah, you love normal Earth, normal Earth, and then aliens, but with a twist. That's- yeah, yeah, that's kind of my whole thing. Normal Earth and then Aliens. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fabulous game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good, very good, very good. What about you? Well, Michael, Michael, this this took me a little um because I'm not a no great video game fan, am I, Michael? I lack the coordination to be any good at them, and therefore I don't take part. Um, good, okay. Because I will not be part of any competition that I cannot win, except for podcasting, where I seem to have thrown that rule to the wind and just suck at it on a regular <laughs> basis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're doing all right this week. <laughs> doing all right this week. On top of it this week. Fairly organised this week. Tell you what, Michael. Notion has changed my life. Um, Notion's not a video game. You can't vote uh, for Notion. Yeah. But anyway, Notion was in the running. I, I gave that some thought. I thought that might have been good. No. Um, there have been a few other games over the years that I enjoyed, Michael. Um, there was the Batman the Animated Series games when I was younger. Batman Vengeance was a big one for me. I played a lot of Game Boy, Michael. A lot of Game Boy. Oh. Um, and Wario Land 3 was one that I absolutely loved. Not a terrible shout on the island. But in the last in the last couple of years, the thing that has blown me away the most and follows your rules for not needing online play, Michael, um, God of War, the reboot. Oh, uh, with, where it's uh, Kratos. Yeah, with Norse mythology. I thought that was a phenomenal game, incredibly fun to play. Um, and there's a good bit to complete in it as well, so you might get a bit of mileage out of it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Listeners? So, uh, Retro Gamer Guy, uh, Retro Gamer Ireland, not Retro Gamer Guy, that's a different guy. Retro Gamer Ireland, Nisha, got in touch with us and he said, uh, I'd probably bring the Game Boy with a few spare batteries and Pokemon Yellow was his choice. Good shout. That's the classic original Pokemon, but you also start with Pikachu. You also start with Pikachu. I pick you, uh, which was a pretty good shout. Um, Noted co-host of the podcast picked uh, XCOM. That's you, Michael. You picked that <laughs> while I open up the other one. Um, and then uh, Brian's Action Figure Reviews picked The Witcher 3, another classic. Uh, no, that's a good shout. In recent years. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, that's Stephen J. Cadwell picked kind of a controversial one. He picked Death Stranding. Is that the one with Norman Reedus? Yeah, it is. Absolute rubbish. Um, and then he said, or Vampire Survivors. But Stephen, yeah. you can only pick one. You can only pick one unless someone else gives you their one. Jesus, Stephen. Um, um, friend of the podcast, Shane, picked an entire genre of video games. He picked fuck video games. 
So he likes. Oh yeah, one of my favorite video game genres. Fuck video. Yeah, games. he likes he likes sexy games. He likes sexy, oh, sexy yeah. games like a Leisure Larry, Leisure Suite Larry visits college. Leisure Suit Larry. So yeah. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Um, no, he said fuck video games, as in I don't like them. Get fucked. Um, no, I think he meant fuck video games as in meant, genre. Yeah, he might have meant fuck video games as a genre. Yeah, like uh, like the sex scene in Demolition Man. Ladies and gentlemen, if you would like us to insult your picks the way that we've insulted these picks, there are a few different ways that you can get in touch with us. You can find us on the interwebs at www.shomrabyog.com S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com It means tiny room in Irish. It does indeed. You can find us on Acast at your luxury listen podcast. Yeah, you can. And we have our own website up there as well. You can also find us on Instagram at your luxury listen podcast. You can. Yeah. Reels are slowing down a bit for some reason. For some Bents reason, so get up there. Crestfallen. <laughs> get up there and look at the reels. Yeah. Get up there and look at the reels or else Ben's going to absolutely flip out. I'm destroyed. I can't understand what I've done wrong. The algorithm has forsaken me. I'm off to sacrifice some lambs. Um, the TikTok as well, Michael, was sure look, sure listen. Um, uh, yeah. But the yeah, best yeah. way to get in touch with us and have a bit of banter, even though nobody wrote into it for this particular episode, is to hop up on the Discord, ladies and gentlemen. Hop up on it. The link is down below in the description. It is indeed. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very, 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 very much for sticking with us for another hundred goddamn episodes. So many episodes. So many episodes. Join us next week where we will be unleashing all of our incel fury in Now You Look, You Listen. A brand new podcast taking a pop at women, not culture. (laughs) (laughs) That's very good. That's very good. It's terrible, but it's funny.